Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there, welcome to the show. Feeling sparkly, bright and clean today, aren't we, Michael? Uh, yes. I forgot where you were going with that, but yes, I've remembered now. And what is the reason why I've gone with that? You've been used in Astonish Shower Gel? That is exactly right. Okay. You do smell nice. Thank you very much. Glad to see you've had your weekly wash. <laughs> yes, uh, well, I always leave it for Friday so we can talk authentically about um, Astonish. Um, tell me what's good about Astonish. Made in Yorkshire. Yep. Vegan. Mm-hmm. Ethical. Yep. No harsh chemicals. No harsh chemicals. No corrosive. I've actually got anti- in front of me. Anti cruelty. Yep. Yep. Certified. Not just anti cruelty. Cruelty free film. Ah, okay. Which is good. Ethical household and personal care cleaning products made in Yorkshire. Born and bred in Leeds, no less. Nobody's made you a t-shirt yet. Somebody made Michael a t-shirt. I do. Have a, I do have a hoodie on this chair behind me, actually. It's um, and I, I suppose I do have some training wear from last year, which has mm. got my. I now I've actually uh, I've ironed off the Leeds badge, so it's just an astonished shirt now. You know, if you want to do your oven, what do you use? Astonished paste. Yeah. Oven paste. Yeah. Glad you were well prepared for this. <laughs> Treating Astonish, the good folks at Astonish, who are uh, <laughs> hoping we're going to promote their products. Listen, you know what you're getting. To, to, the, to the Michael Normanson experience. <laughs> uh, astonish.co.uk for details of all their brilliant products, uh, award-winning value products, and the UK's number one mould and mildew blaster, no less. Into the show then, uh, Phil Hayes here as well from The Athletic to join us to uh, have our end of the week chat as we preview going to Southampton, a ground I've never been to, neither old nor new iteration at St Mary's. I've never been to Southampton. Never ever been to Southampton. So, yeah, it's one. I've been to Southampton. I've just not been to uh, to actual Southampton FC. Uh, I've been to that you know Peppa Pig World, which is at that theme park just north of Southampton. Mm, How was that? Closest I've got. That was good. Yeah, I, I've never had to go there. Yeah, thank goodness. Yeah. Never well, been well, tracked. the in, the in laws are just up the road, just outside Ham, uh, outside uh, Basingstoke, so. We had no excuse when, when the kids were little. Took them. That was very good. And it, was it good? Really? Yeah. yeah. I can say any good. Yeah. yeah, and very enjoyable. Great day. I find that hard to believe, but um, maybe I'll get dragged there one day. Let's hope. Eh? Well, if you if you have watched Peppa Pig, you know that the theme tune that it's in speakers which are dotted throughout the Peppa Pig part of the world. It's just constantly blaring out. Sounds like the sort of thing the buddy. CIA did to people. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like when you've got a queue for three hours to get on Nemesis at Alton Towers and you've got the same tune Looping. going round and round yeah. and it's good for the first three minutes. Yeah. And then I had, I had a little cry when I got home, but other than that, it was a great experience. Excellent. Anyway, we've yeah, got, no, we've got no, way laid. Tell me about Southampton. Good. Well, they didn't play much Leeds in Southampton for a long time because Southampton were in higher division and it took a while for, for it to come around. I've been a few times. It's been very much a, a mixed bag down there. The, the game that always stands out at St Mary's was the very first game of Grayson's last season in charge where Leeds got an absolute pace and the crowd turned on Ken Bates. And it was, I think, fundamentally about the worst start to season you could possibly have, have looked for. And then there was that really, really difficult game for Bielsa in his last season as well where Leeds just did not get into it at all. 
much better last season, but managed to throw it away towards the end. Yeah, it's it's never been a never been a great trip down there, really. Were you up there for the four three? No, that was before my time, but only just it was the season before I started. I was in the office at the Evening Post following that at the time and seeing Leeds 3-0 down and assuming that there might be a bit of a temptation for the away end to just completely empty. And But it was the most unbelievable comeback following that on, it must have been on Sky Sports News, I think, back then, um, was was pretty remarkable. And there was, there was definitely one newspaper who reported that Bates had left at half-time and had couched it as stormed out in fury with Leeds 3-0 down and missed the um, missed the fight back for Leeds to win 4-3. Bates um, came back to say that, no, in actual fact, his plane was booked and he had to go because otherwise he'd have missed his flight back to Monaco and I think successfully sued for that. Heaven, heaven forbid he's he stayed so, for a so full there game. Was a, there was another victory. But I mean, having said that, if, if he had bailed out at halftime, you could have kind of understood because it did look like Leeds were on for an absolute hiding. I remember Redknapp's quotes afterwards and, and his general demeanour just being... I have absolutely no idea what happened there. <laughs> People did leave at half-time. Half-time at that, I can confirm. Were you there? I was there. Ah, you've, you've got some fun, interesting stories, actually, about your adventures in Southampton, haven't you? Mm, yeah. Um, Are they not, fit for not, this podcast? Not, I suppose not the Athletic anymore, is it? No. That was a, a later trip where we, also, where we lost. I think it was when we were in the process of trying to knacker up getting promoted from League I, One I like how you've just completely transparently exposed the, the athletic filter that we used to put in place <laughs> when, when this was their show you wouldn't have talked about this but now it's our show you, you can't get in there yeah it's when my, uh, my mate got arrested it's, it's well like, it was a there's a longer story of me, me sleeping in a car at ITV well I tried to sleep in the office at ITV got rumbled slept in my car at ITV got um, tap got, on the window got an early um, uh, an early lift from Doncaster which I had to get it was complicated but yeah. then um yeah, my mate got arrested. We had to stay in Southampton until about eleven at night, waiting for him to be released. You, for them you, might to well sober just, up. you might as well just name him. He won't mind. <laughs> you know, <laughs> ten years on, he knows who he is. He's still an idiot. To be fair. <laughs> but you were, you were there for the four three as well. I was there for the four three as well. That was great. One of your um, best days supporting Leeds. You think? Yeah, definitely amazing. Because we were to say we were bad in that game is would be to underestimate. It, it was the most unlikely comeback. Because occasionally comebacks, you can you find yourself a bit unluckily behind, and you're like, oh, we're not playing too badly here, but we we seem to be you know two or three down. We just were getting an absolute pace in in that game. And then all of a sudden, about 70-odd minutes, I think, we scored. I, I was going to say, as I recall, it wasn't even like it was a goal two minutes into the second half. No, it wasn't. And it was late. then, you know, kind of onslaught right the way through. It took until the middle of the second half, at which point I think everybody assumed the game was over. When but the first is... one goes in, everyone just goes, way, in that way. As they now it's a worthless goal. Three, two, you go, oh, could we? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing, though, isn't it? The way one goal changes games. And it does, even in a position where you think, we're absolutely fine here. Just that one goal gives you the thought of, hmm, wonder, who yeah. knows? Even against Spurs last season on the final day, when Leeds scored, there was that part of you thinking, could we? Oh, 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 <laughs> might do. I didn't have that might last do. year. That lasted for about two minutes, I think. I mean, there's nothing like, um, particularly in an away ground. Like, I remember we went to Burnley, didn't we, in 2010, mm. I'm going to say it was? When... Uh, 2011 it was, yeah. The, the Snodgrass. The three two, it was just. It was... Oh yeah, no, that was two thousand and ten. Yeah, well, Housen. Yeah, it was just, the just prior to Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, now that was terrific. That was a similar sort of thing, though. Where Leeds hadn't been in the first half at all, and you, it, it seemed reasonable to think that Burnley had that home and hosed, and then the second half was just a complete change, and and Burnley seemed to lose it completely, and have no idea what to do as um, Grayson's front five six whatever it was, which was actually really good in comparison to defence, which was definitely really not did the business but then there was the following season as well when Snodgrass scored those two 
goals. Another day when Leeds were pretty abjectly awful for most of it. But by that stage, it had properly become keep calm and give it to Snodgrass, hadn't it? Mm. Yeah, I think I'm fairly sure the 3 2 was when I took my pregnant wife. You did for some reason, yeah. Yeah. Because I think you might have had three tickets. So, do you want to come? And I was like, should I bring my wife? <laughs> we weren't married at the time. Thought I'd better do the decent thing after the kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all that. Anyway, back to Southampton. That's um, not related to this. Yeah, unchanged side. That's the question, I guess, with this one, isn't it? Do you name an unchanged side? Because we saw Glenn Kamara come in for Archie Gray against uh, against Watford. And he kind of. It, uh, it's hard to argue to, to change a side that's won, isn't it? Yeah, sitting me piece after the game, he kind of Rolls Royce it, didn't he? Kamara looked really good. And him and Ampadu together seemed to work, seemed to work pretty much instantly, even though they, they hadn't really had any time, significant time together and, and not significant time on the pitch anyway. I think it kind of proves that Fark has moved into that zone that managers love where they talk about good problems and good decisions and that if you decided to play Gray, you're probably happy with that decision. If you decide to play Kamara, you're happy with that decision too on the basis of how he played against Watford. I suspect he probably does keep Kamara in the team. He'll, he'd be wary of how to handle Gray Farker because he won't want to put his nose out of joint on the basis that, that Farker, uh, on the basis that Gray has played really well so far. But he has been making noises, I think, over the past few weeks about the fact that it wouldn't be every game for Gray, um, and he, there would be periods where he was out of the team and they have to look after him physically because he is still so young, even though he looks like quite a physical machine. It'll be a difficult game at Southampton. I think it'll be a strange atmosphere at Southampton. But it's a very, very winnable game and, and I think you're probably right. I, I think unchanged. Unless there are any problems we're unaware of and we'll be seeing Farke in about an hour's time, a couple of hours' time, I think it will be the same. Ah, yeah. So we're in that joyous um, no man's land of we're recording ahead of the press conference, but this will come out after the press conference. Yes, yeah, so, so yeah. we say, yeah, it'll be unchanged. And then he tells us that... Piro, four, in, yeah. four injuries, yeah. Yes, <laughs> Piro Ruta and the rest are yeah, all... So we'll, we'll, say, we'll say pending injury news, then you, you would probably roll with the... Um, with the same team again. The argument for Gray, I guess, is that he's played every game so far up to um, before Watford. So you imagine that Farker is going to be man-managing him quite closely and just saying to him, look, you've yeah. played all these games, let's give you a rest, get your energy levels back up and then we'll deploy you again in another couple of games. Well, it was quite significant, I think, that he didn't go away for England duty with the under-19s in the international break because that was, that was planned. He'd been called up. He's been you know very, very involved at youth level with England, Gray, and I think will be quietly hoping somewhere in the back of his head that this is leading him towards full international caps further down the line. But he did have a kind of slight injury issue. I have a feeling that had it not been him and had it been a 25-year-old, what's your phrase? Grizzled? Grizzled championship yes. bastard, yes. Um, may well have departed anyway to to play in his, the internationals. His, his dad was a grizzled championship bastard though, so is it? Is he? does he genetically? He's got the genes, hasn't he? He's yeah. got the grizzled, yeah. the grizzled genes and then maybe a bit of a bit more quality well, from we, the older generation. Yeah, great uncle Eddie's uh, finesse gene. Well, perhaps he's coming down the track. Yeah, in like two years, he'll have a massive beard and they'll just <laughs> look like, yeah, championship championship footballer. But Not in the Premier League, I, Phil. I, well, no, true, true. Grizzled Premier League bastards. Yeah, do they exist? No. They're not. No, I think, so, I think they it's all, do. But it's they, all 4K Instagram, do your hair. You know, like, you know, whether James Madison's yeah, always fucking gone, with his hair. They've gone, out of, they've gone out of fashion, haven't yeah. they? But I think it was more a case of Leeds saying he's had a heavy, heavy load, playing load, training load, all the way through August, it would do him no harm to have a break, which totally makes sense. And again, he is only 17. This is his first, um, first team season. So Farker has made it pretty clear that he is going to manage him and, and he is going to hold him back at, at points. I think you're right. You could justifiably bring him back into the team on Saturday. 
I just wonder on the basis of the strength of Kamara's performance, which was kind of like quietly excellent while lots of great things were going on round about him, um, if that makes sense and isn't too unfair. Um, it was probably quite easy not to notice a lot of what Kamara was doing, but he did it massively effectively. And as I say, it was a safe as houses midfield pair, him and Ampadu against Watford. Until the end when Watford did get a couple of chances, but you know. I yeah, uh, there'll be there'll be temptation to keep him in. Admittedly, without having seen much of of Grove yet, why have we waited so long to get some depth in central midfield? Because it feels like it feels, it, it, feels like, it feels almost like a, some sort of a, a cheat that we've done this year to have enough to have enough midfielders. Come. This is no, no, Michael. Let me tell you, You're this, this to, is what football you? clubs do. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I've been, I've been they so used to cover, going covering positions. Yeah, thinking, oh well, Cox's going to have to play there or. Greenwood can drop back. Like, it, it feels just years since we've I just done, had an adequate number of well, midfielders. We were sort of conditioned by Bielsa to have an absolutely completely thin squad in every sense of the word. Um, and and also, then, also but, conditioned to the idea that players could mix positions. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, positions. yeah. yeah and, and actually he did that pretty well with a lot of players. Yeah, and then it's just kind of, it rolled forward into just never having done the obvious thing and getting enough strength in depth. But I was, I was just going to say, just as a, as a follow-up point to all this, it just occurred to me, we've got a midweek game next week, haven't we, as well? So you might maybe you see... Great rotating back in for QPR, something like that. Yeah, I, I think as well, th- there was that obviously critical January window where Leeds were offering midfielders. Bielsa didn't like the midfielders that were getting offered to him, didn't think they were right for him, didn't think they were going to work. It was, and, th- and then there was the Conor Gallagher situation. And, and while you'd have expected Gallagher to probably play further forward in a, a Bielsa team, it you know that was one that didn't come off, didn't get Lewis O'Brien. It, it just seemed to be a little bit like left-back sometimes. It seemed to be this permanent, blind spot of we need to get something done here let's just make sure that we do whereas this season they've gone properly like full metal jacket in the centre of midfield to the extent that the given that you've also got Darko JB here still who clearly is now not going to play very much but despite the interest from Fleetwood and um, Club in France and, and Swansea as well didn't leave in the window is still here it would take a kind of mammoth amount of injuries in the centre of midfield to, to leave Farker with nothing fullbacks Phil fullbacks Yes. Talk to me about fullbacks. What do you do there? I mean, I know we're saying we're advocating for keeping it the same, but based on those performances, do you, do you retain Shackleton at right back and, and you keep Sam Byram at left back? Yeah, so Super Sam Byram, I think, stays at left back um, every day of the week. The the big challenge for him and what Farker will want really to happen really quickly is for Byram to be able to prove or to, to, to feel, I think, rather than prove, to feel like he can play three games in, in a week. It sounded very much like his decision, actually, not to play against Hull, I think. Farker did seem to appreciate him saying, I'm not totally right or I don't feel totally right. It might be a bit of a risk. And then you get a, what I thought was a pretty good point at Hull. Byram does what he does on Saturday against Watford. It, it all kind of works out, but he needs to to play there. On the right-hand side, I do, I do think that if Jed Spence was fit, he would be coming into the picture now in, in quite a big way, but he's going to be out for, for a little while yet. Shackleton was good, I thought against Watford probably not a surprise that he was better on the right hand side than he's generally looked on on the left but they do have Ailing there and I think that's probably a question for Farker today firstly why the decision to take Ailing out of the team last weekend I think you could probably base it on form fitness what what you know conditioning what whatever else whether or not Ailing needed a bit of a rest whether or not um, Farker was concerned about aspects of his play but does Ailing come back in um, is probably another decision to be made you were talking earlier, actually, Phil, about um, a strange atmosphere potentially at St Mary's this weekend. And I kind of took that to mean if we score early, place could turn toxic. So if we can get out the blocks, score in the first 20 minutes, half an hour, then it could make for a fairly unpleasant day for them. I think they're in that, I think they're in that ballpark at the moment. 
Southampton, certainly from what I'm hearing from people at, at the Athletic who know about what's happening down there, it's not going well. And and strangely, it did start really strongly. <laughs> the odd thing is that there was there was definitely a period in the summer where people in these parts, round about Leeds, were looking at Southampton and saying they seem to have their ducks in a row in a way that we just don't. Because they had they took a long time to appoint Russell Martin because there was a lot of to and fro with Swansea. There was a lot of aggro over what the compensation fee should be uh, kind of banging of heads in the end and, and didn't, didn't get resolved in the way that, that it should have done. But he did tip up there and they knew who they were after. So they were able to plan in that way and, and plan around him. They've sold players, obviously. For instance, Lavia to Chelsea, a lot of money coming for him. So between them having what looked on paper like a good squad and a, a squad that should be able to compete and them seeming to have a substantial amount of cash flowing in that would help them massively with FFP and probably give them some some pretty serious clout in the transfer market. It looked like it should shape up pretty well, but there does seem to be disgruntlement in the crowd about the way they're playing, about recent performances. They took a proper hiding from Sunderland, followed by a, a very heavy defeat at home to Leicester as well. And, and needless to say, Leicester are the kind of benchmark at the moment, the, the club that everybody's trying to compete with. And I think sort of club that Southampton haven't been relegated with them would like to be seen to be competing with but the owners at Southampton Sport Republic seem to take a much firmer grip of everything um, after relegation made a lot of changes internally obviously did go for Russell Martin he is their man I think they'll be loath to you know loath to give up on him any sooner than they have to but there's definitely pressure building there and a defeat to Leeds this weekend because it is Leeds you know in the same way as having lost at home to, to Leicester I think we'd um, I think we'd beg some pretty big questions actually. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Looking at their form, actually, in the early season, they started off with that win at Sheffield Wednesday, which was the, it was the Friday night fixture, and, and, wasn't it? And yeah. looked pretty good, I yeah. thought, albeit you know, taking into account what Wednesday are this Yeah, season. and we've got an insane 4-4 draw the week after against, against Norwich. But then they've beaten Plymouth, 
beaten uh, beaten QPR because they are Southampton. But then, so so they've had three wins out of four to start the season, and then it's four win, uh, four defeats on the bounce. So um, it, it but, seems to have suddenly just like something's just evaporated. But it's not even just four defeats on the bounce. You know, after that run of what ten points from four games, it's a five 0 hiding. Yeah, it's five five nil. They lost at Southampton, and then they lost four one at home to Leicester, and they lost one nil at home to Ipswich, and then they lost two one up at Middlesbrough. And I I followed some of the fallout from the Sunderland game because it was such an extreme result that instantly caught the eye when you you were picking through the other score lines at the end of end of the game and they were totally totally outplayed up there everything seemed to go wrong it seemed to be a, a complete mess and and from nowhere really and they they haven't recovered to this point bad defeat to to middlesbrough last weekend as well I, I don't think it makes this an easy game at all i think it will be really competitive but the the i would suggest that there's something that leeds can play on down there it'll be interesting to see actually what farker says about that cuz i reckon he'll probably have that in his head as well do you not think Martin's under under serious pressure at this point? I do, yeah, yeah, I do. It sounds like he is already. Yeah. It feels like a. Is it? Is he got? A, I don't know enough about his his teams, I suppose, so far. But on paper, his managerial record is fairly unremarkable. It's kind of a mid table with um, MK Dons in League One and a mid table with Swansea in the Championship. And I know he, there's been some kind of eye catching moves in there and things that have that have occasionally done the rounds on Twitter and stuff, but just on a pure results basis, they don't seem like the CV of someone you necessarily want to appoint to get you to the Premier League. No, I know what you mean. Um, I think you probably have to take into account Swansea's budget, the position that they actually have in the Championship, but I think at best they, they're going to be going for a finish in the top six and, and probably in that area where you're kind of scraping it towards the end, you know, where you, you're having to scrap right to the, to the last game to get there. I heard somebody say about Martin that he's a, a bit of a project manager who's never finished a project to this point, and it feels a little bit like that. I mean, not struggled so badly that there's no scope to turn this around, I don't think, but it doesn't seem to be working at this point. And as I say, I'm, I've sort of noted during the summer the way in which there was this thinking that Southampton seemed to be prepared and seemed to be organised and everything else and seemed to have money. And then to look at it now, Leicester obviously top of the league. Um, which doesn't surprise me that much given their squad. And also, I, I spoke to Snodgrass during the summer for a piece we did on Moreska, and, and he he said he'd do well there. He said, having worked with him at West Ham, he, he just had everything about him that made you think he'll he'll put a really good team together. Leeds starting to motor at this point, but Southampton have, Southampton have got problems. That's definitely true. I mean, Wikipedia, you can't really rely on it for too much, but this, this stands out to me. Um, tactically, it's saying he prefers the 3-4-1-2, sorry, 3-4-2-1 rather, uh, three five two or four one two one two formations. <laughs> the old uh, the the roadie the roadie four one two one two one two. Mike check. Uh, yes. Anyway, saying what it, the, what his it, teams do. Well, is what it says is that they they, they pass, pass the ball and they, they pass and they pass. They pass and they press the opposition. And I wonder, it's the pressing that stands out to me. Do they play into our hands somewhat? Given how strong we've been when teams have come at us a little bit this season, rather than try to compact space. Potentially, um, they do, they pass and pass and pass. And I think from speaking to somebody down at the Southampton end, it sounds like that's been a little bit of a bone of contention for the crowd. I don't think the crowd have been wholly patient with some of what looks like sideways football, particularly when the old Jap, The old Yapstam Reading well, passing it around with no end product kind of vibe. Well, I mean, Reading, to be fair, did make the playoffs, didn't they? Um, so there kind of was end product. It's just that we watched them on that weird night at Ellen Road when I think their centre-backs had about 120 touches each and they didn't threaten the goal at all they had all the possession Leeds won, won 2-0 it was quite an evening uh, but yeah I mean I suppose a touch of 
what we saw at Ellen Road in the first half against Watford. You know, the, the bit of twitching and grumbling when Leeds were kind of standing on the ball or not moving it as quickly as they, they could have done. It dissipated pretty quickly, that I thought. And, and people were people were generally on board with the way Leeds were playing um, up until the first goal on Saturday. I think it is a little bit, um, it's a bit tetchy. Little, St Mary's at the moment. Just, little, just, little pop, hang on a second, I've got a pop quiz for you, Gwaz, just while I'm still on, on, okay. on Wikipedia, but come back after this. So, um, his managerial style, don't cheat now, by the way, his managerial style has been influenced by such managers as, and there are three named on Wikipedia. See if you can guess them. Bielsa? No, but yeah. um, think of one of his successors. Guardiola? Yes. You're going to say successors? I mean, Je- Je- Jesse Marsh? The th- no, no. So, <laughs> no yeah. one's been influenced so, by that. So Guardiola's one. Um, you've got two more to get. Um, it, the, the next one is quite left field compared to Pep. Um, Sean Dyche? No, not quite no. that. That far left field. Chris Hewton. Right. Hmm. And the third one, I think quite close to home. Farker. Correct. Uh, really? Yeah. That's right. what, that's what we, bet, Wikipedia have, says. He will have been at Norwich with Farker. No? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so, so yeah. No, that, that kind of stands to reason. See, at least... Hugh, and, do, and do you know the source The source for that um, for that quote? Website called The Athletic. Ah, right. Okay. Says, yeah, Behind the scenes um, with yeah. MK Dons, the team with the third highest possession in Europe. So apparently he's... Uh, I've done a thing with him. I do. I do need everything. Um, <laughs> the, the, you see, at least Farker and Hutton starts a bit of conversation where you can say, oh, that, that's quite interesting. But whenever anybody says, yeah, I was inspired by Guardiola, it's like when you speak to footballers and say, you know, who, who was your sort of inspiration as a kid? Oh, Messi. You're like, no. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like someone good. Harland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who'd you like? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, no, no one ever went. Paul Beasley, just a real like solid, <laughs> solid sort of champ- you know, just, championship just inspired centre-back. a bit more conversation and a bit. Of colour. Hey, I've realised yeah. what we're doing. That we're doing that thing again, where the whole subtext is looking at reasons why Leeds should win this. That seems reasonable. Doesn't I've, it? I've certainly felt, but I go into this now off the back of that Watford game, off the back of a really successful week. It could have been nine points out of nine, barring that red card. I suspect it's I one know. defeat. It's four clean sheets. Um, it's top six at the moment. You're entitled to be confident. And we, and we look absolutely rock solid at the minute. But on the defence, actually, does Roden come back in, do you think, for, for ah, Cooper? No, that, actually, the, the two-left-footed yes. thing at the back, it, I thought it did occasionally cause us problems, actually, at the weekend. There was a bit of turning round and playing it. I think he does. Playing uh, it back. Sorry, yes, he will come back in, won't he? Because he's, it's a one-game ban. I'm really, really surprised if he doesn't. Yeah, he's yeah. been he's been terrific. Especially as Cooper's just coming back from injury, so I suspect they'll want to just ease him back in rather yeah. than just chuck him suddenly into a straight. Yeah, run but again. I think even aside from that, I don't think but his form's been I don't so think good. in his fo- in this form you can leave Rodon out, no. Yeah, we're looking for reasons that, that Leeds United should win this. And that's but that's how I feel about it. I mean, you never want to get too cocky, but I look at this now and you would have um, you know, prior to the season starting, you would have gone, This is one of the big sort of crunch fixtures. That'll be really hard. Could go either way, but I go into this with a sort of quiet confidence off the ba- on the back of obviously their form, our form, what we're seeing out of the two respective teams. It's it feels like it's there to be won. I think it helps that Southampton will probably be slightly distracted by what's going on internally. It's not as if they're on a roll at the minute and and forms looking good, and they'll know that a lot of questions are being asked. Martin will know that questions are being asked of him. His quotes before the game, I think, will be quite interesting because he'll probably be pressed. On that, they they very very much need a win from this. I think for Leeds, uh, you wouldn't. I don't think you turn your nose up at a point at Southampton, but it feels it feels very winnable. Yeah, definitely. Um, when are you heading down then? Because it's an early kickoff. I'm it? going Friday night actually. Yeah, I've got a wonderful Premier in about five miles outside of Southampton. The party room then in the Premier <laughs> Inn. What would, what do you tend to do like on those? Um, Go to on, sleep on those nights. Do you just like 
just because you're away from home, it's like, I'll watch a bit of telly, go to bed nice and well, early. it was slightly different before Millwall because I was staying down Tower Bridge, so I just went out and had a, had a drink, really. It's not but, like you. Well, yeah, no, true. Um, but Did you have pizza the, back at the room? Yeah, that's, you know, that sort of, that sort of vibe. Yeah, well, I will but, say, I'll never quite get over that when we were on the walk, the charity walk, oh, yeah. the, for the first year, when yeah. I, I was dressing my feet for hours in the room. Um, on the char- It was the night of the Champions League final, wasn't it? I, I, my visions of you in during that walk are purely if you just sat in the bedroom for hours wrapping your feet in yeah. plaster. Because they were dis- destroyed. Stuff, yeah. and, my, and mine of you were coming back in with a kebab meat pizza on the Champions League final was it night. kebab meat pizza? It yeah. was, yeah, It yeah. was definitely a pizza, but I can't remember what was, I remember you, what was on it. You yeah. offered it to me and I thought, there's no way mm. anybody on this earth eats mm. a kebab meat pizza when they're sober. Yeah, it got me home the next day, but it did. <laughs> um, but the, uh, on the Premier Inn off the M3 or whatever the motorway is down there, I don't think there'll be a right lot going on. Just to get some sleep and get a lie-in, yeah, bonus. Absolutely. How do you feel like this one's going to go? I'm, I'm, I always think you're an interesting litmus test of this, Michael, because you're almost loath to say we should go and win this. But I, I feel I'm just gradually leaning towards that. I'm not under any illusions. I know it's going to be a difficult game because there are, they are still a good team. You know, they're one of the stronger teams in the division. You can't come off the back of that Watford game and not think a win is possible because we destroyed them. It's our, it was our best win in years, was that, I thought. Mm-hmm. In, in terms of dominance from start to finish, the number of chances we had, how little they had, it was completely dominant. So yeah, we might win. <laughs> <laughs> well, out of all the teams I've seen this season, having watched all of Leeds' games, I think we've been the most impressive. So that's how I feel about it. I feel like if Leeds score first, they'll probably win the game because the atmosphere may become quite difficult for Southampton. I reckon every single game this season, as we said last week, after 20 minutes, you'll know what's... Will coming. I get my message this I, week? I'll, do you know what? I will, I'll set an alarm this week so that I do <laughs> message you on 20 minutes, yeah. Um, I mean, the Champions... got it right last week. The Championship factor is in there because, you know, we could just go there and lose 5-1 because occasionally, like, you, you yeah. do look you do look at the Championship results every weekend and there's always at least one in there that you go... Oh bloody hell! Yeah, like, sometimes like one one like, style will just come up against another yeah. for whatever reason, like completely dominated. Like it was Nor- yeah. Plymouth Norwich last week, wasn't it? When everyone saw that and went, "Oh right, yeah, okay. that that was That's that happened. was really strange." It doesn't feel at the moment like I'm not saying that there's that they don't have defeats in them. Farkas team it doesn't feel like they have five one hammerings in them. Oh dear, I, I don't know. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Oh, I don't say that, but it, it you know it's just kind of what I'm seeing. It really. feels like I mean this is the thing, and I don't know if I'm sort of lulling myself into a false sense of security but yes like I said the, the, the best team I've seen this season is us I mean I've not watched much of Leicester but I would say it's us and we, we seem to be operating at a level apart from that Birmingham game probably a level above just about everybody we've played and it's come together in the last I, sort of week or so and I and I, would, I just hope that Southampton are not quite getting themselves together enough yet and we continue to operate at that level but like you say there's always that potential for in a championship for these things to come and bite you on the arse yeah um, I, I feel that too I think observation of what I've seen of other teams so far would be that Leicester are definitely good. Ipswich look good to me as well. But I don't think Leeds look substandard compared to either of those teams. Yep, and we will be in the uh, the blue kit, I suspect, this time as well. You I'd would uh, imagine so. Yeah. A, league, a league debut for the Peacock away kit. Yes. The lucky blue. Lucky, lucky blue. blue. Lucky Is blue it lucky, lucky blue? We'll soon find out. We lost, <laughs> lost the Salford in it, didn't we? Couldn't, couldn't score. That doesn't count, though, does it? Full of no money. No. Yeah, it feels a bit like the, the whole... Um, I don't know which what's the cut-off point. Is it the transfer window? There's a little bit of kind of BCAD about this whole thing. There was the before the window shut and then there's after the window shut. Yeah, yeah. Farker did say he thought it might be like that. Definitely, definitely was looking forward to the two weeks off in between just for everybody to take a breath and calm down mm-hmm. a little bit, which they, they definitely have. But I don't know. I, he just seems like a coach who 
along with your better coaches, is, is very fixed on patterns of play and has a style which I think already the players seem to understand, you know, tactical style. They, they seem pretty switched on with it and fairly clued in. He's obviously drilled that fairly well. It's been a, a string of pretty good performances, I think. I'd take the, the Birmingham game out of that and we've said several times, you know, there was mitigation for that. I do think they've played well this season. I think they have. And I think they're probably sitting on fewer points than they, they should be sitting on at the moment. Um, he'll be quietly happy with this. Fuck mm-hmm. it. Whatever he says, you know, or, or however he tries to play it down, I think he'll be really pleased that it's coming up to October and he's got them he's got them rolling slightly. It was interesting to see you. You did a, a bit of a sort of tongue-in-cheek frame-by-frame analysis of Farkas' touch oh, against Watford you know, when he pull, yeah. pulls the ball out of the sky. But that, and I think I was trying to get get at this, I don't know if it was in the match ball or when we spoke about it on um, on Monday, Phil, but there's a certain symbolism attached to the whole thing, isn't there, about the confidence, the, the quiet confidence that's just kind of imbued in Leeds United at the minute, that the manager kind of pulled the ball out of the sky like that, touched it just you know, around the back of his leg, looked at the West End as if to say, yeah, I know. You know, there's just, a, there's just a little... Yeah, there is. And, and also the freedom to enjoy that stuff again and to look for it. I mean, put it this way, if that was the last game of last season, no manager or, or head coach is doing that in the dugout. They're not even trying it, are they? Because it's just totally at Boom! odds. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> at odds with the, with the situation. And because, because of the day it almost certainly comes off your foot and flies into the West End, you know, rather than... <laughs> You're not better than the rest of them! That. But, yeah. but it would be that mood of, if you think that's placating us and stopping us <laughs> riding in the West End car park, think again. Whereas on, you know, and it, it's funny because Fark had spoken beforehand about playing Ishmael, um, the, the Watford manager in Germany. Ishmael was a, a really good defender in his time. We said he got totally bullied by him. And I just thought it was amazing that 3-0 up, just do that in the in the dugout and go. <laughs> <laughs> you saw it. Actually, just speaking of the kits, we should say and just um, tease this one that you've you've spoken to Ed Cowburn, who um, designed the Leeds kits for this season. There's yes. an article on the Athletic for that. We spoke to Ed yesterday. Um, we sat down for what we thought was going to be a quick chat about the kits and ended up as a four parter. So look out for in the international break. We're going to talk about how he ended up designing the kits, and then we've gone through each of the kits in turn, haven't we? Like the home, the away. And the third. Was he, was he telling you the story about Red Star in yeah. Paris, about how he bravely went for it with their kit and did this sort of wallpaper design and somebody set up an Instagram account which was along the lines of Fuck Acid FC, I think yeah. it was called. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> However, it then became like... Acid FC called... being Ed's company that designed it. Yeah, that's it. right, yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. Um, and But it then became a sort of cult classic which apparently you can't get your hands on yeah. anymore. So there you go. He was saying, he well, Ed, better than them. Well, a little... A little tease for that is that Ed said to that he goes thankfully I don't speak French otherwise (laughs) so I couldn't read all the all the criticism of it but um but yeah it's a it's a good one that we enjoyed it didn't we like just getting really granular and I will just do a little tease and say there is a unique detail about the assuming we do wear the blue kit on Saturday that absolutely and I wanted to jump over the table and hug Ed for this particular little detail which will be on those on those episodes on the away kit is it Rodrigo de Paul or something like that? No, it's not. No. I'll, I'll tell is you. It, what, it's his face. If you, well, if, we'll, we'll wrap the show up now. Closely. We'll wrap it's the a show magic now. guy. Yeah, it's, it's uh-huh. a, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Rodrigo de Paul's <laughs> face. face comes out the back there of it. But I'll tell you when we when we stop recording in a second. But you will love it. It's brilliant, and the detail that detail is um, it's mentioned on the away kit episode that's coming up in the forthcoming international break. So yeah, 
Enjoy your trip down there. Thank you. Pop in at Peppa Pig World if I you do, uh, yeah. if you get a yeah. bit of spare time from the Premier Inn. If you get down there early, have a mooch yeah. about. Yeah. Nothing what like else a, would you do? A lone male hanging around in say, a kids. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's a great look to be honest. <laughs> a lone male hanging around in a kids theme park. Probably not. Stay in the Premier Inn, Phil. Right, we'll catch you on Monday. The Square Ball Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.